Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Move Happy Movement podcast with Erin Nicole. My name is Peter Kim, and I've been a fan of the Move Happy Movement for a very long time. What I love about Erin and the Move Happy Movement is that Erin brings relevant topics with relevant data and research. On this show, Erin interviews a variety of leaders to help you empower you to find your own happiness. Maybe you're the next rock star. Maybe you're the next and up-and-coming brain surgeon. Whatever it is you inspire to do with your life, Move Happy is here to help you bring you out of the dark days and help you keep trained up with the most current and relevant information to provide your for your communities. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end to find out about a very, uh, about a VIP private competition. All right, I'm super excited and honored to have John McCaskill here on the Move Happy Movement podcast and blog. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Aaron, for having me. Absolutely. For those that don't know your background, I know you're retired from the Navy as a Navy SEAL. Um, you also are really into mindfulness, which really stood out for me. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about your origin story? Let's get to know <laughs> before you became what you are today. <laughs> uh, I love the origin story. It kind of makes me feel like a superhero of some sort. But you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So, uh, Born in South Africa, raised in Louisiana, um, have three older sisters and a younger brother. And uh, it, growing up in northern Louisiana, I was part of a fairly uh, small, tight-knit running team, mm-hmm. tra- track and cross-country. And we did absolutely everything together. And um, I felt that when I left high school, I wanted to be part of something small, Mm-hmm. something fairly elite because we we're a very good team mm-hmm. and special operations jumped out of me. And then specifically the Navy jumped out of me because we used to spend our summer vacations down at the beach, down in the Gulf coast. So I fell mm-hmm. in love with the water. So the Navy SEALs jumped out at me even more. Um, so I started looking towards doing that, mm-hmm. um, try to get into the Naval Academy out of high school, got turned down, but decided, really? you know what? Yeah, I did. Uh, got turned down, then, uh, stayed with it though. I, I enlisted in the Navy from that mm-hmm. and did a year and then ended up getting picked up, uh, for the Naval Academy from the enlisted ranks. And then did my, my four years there, graduated with a degree in mathematics and then went out to SEAL training in 2001. Mm-hmm. Was there when the, the World Trade Center and the Pentagon were attacked on 9-11 and, uh, you know, the, the world got flipped upside down, right? Yeah, no and, kidding. Um, yeah. So from there, uh ended up going into the SEAL teams mm-hmm. finally and was officially pinned a Navy SEAL in 2003 mm-hmm. and then went on and did my, my work from then until last year. I retired in, in August of last year. So that's kind of the, a, the military background. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm. Married. I, I was married before, divorced, mm-hmm. remarried. Uh, now I've got two young kids, a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and we are living out in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh-huh. 
That is wow, busy four and a two year old. That's awesome. <laughs> and another another one on the way. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Yeah, for, thank you for all of that. Let's talk a little bit about so nine eleven and your couple years in in the military at that point. What what was it like? Right. What was the atmosphere like? There was, um, ex- I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but it's there was almost like a level of excitement. Hey, you know, because we were in the the armed forces and we wanted to go and defend the country yeah. against this attack. So there was mm-hmm. like, hey, let me at them kind of attitude, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, then there was also, yeah, exactly. There was also an anxiety about what what had happened and where we were going to go as a country. So mm-hmm. there was a kind of a, 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 an interesting cocktail of emotions being mm-hmm. in the military at the time. Um, and I mean, the, the, those same emotions are still going on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we are 20 years later, um, you know, in September is 20 years. I can't believe that, it's but incredible. yeah. It's, yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about, so I know you're a mindfulness instructor, what amount, if any, did they actually train on mindfulness while you were active duty? Did, did you learn from your military experience or like how did that come into play? Yeah, there, there wasn't any formal uh, meditation or mindfulness in the military at the time for us. I mean, there, there was times when like, people were, there's really no way other than being mindful when you're going through some of the training, you have to be present, you have to be yeah. aware of what's going on. But I, I definitely had that training honed years later mm-hmm. after dealing with some depression and anxiety after mm-hmm. what I'd seen and yeah. been exposed to. Um, and the the treatment that I was advised to seek was actually mindfulness meditation. That was after trying different forms of medication. Yeah, I eventually got introduced to meditation and meditation is what I attribute to saving my life i and then after after it saved my life i was able to share it with some friends mm-hmm. and i saw what it was doing in their lives yeah and then and then we ended up having small groups that we were meditating with and i realized you know what this is this is something that i could do for a living yeah absolutely. um sure it, it's nice that i know i can put some food on the table for my kids I mean, I'm also, I'm also retired military, so that's helpful. Right. Right. Uh, I get, I get a pension, but um, knowing that I can do what serves my purpose as my profession is nice. So my purpose Mm -hmm. is helping others live their most fulfilled lives. Mm -hmm. And I can do that through mindfulness and meditation, help them live happier, healthier, more fulfilled lives. And then on top of that, if I can get paid for it, that's great. But most importantly in my eyes is that they, they hear the message, they hear what these practices can do, and then they go out and they learn these practices and start working it into their lives on their own mm-hmm. so they, they can, again, be happier and healthier, more fulfilled. Yeah, I love that. Um, and that's very much, um, you know, part of my mission as well, which which is there's a lot of alignment there. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, about being you know, that was kind of what was suggested to you after medications and whatnot. And I'm like, I'm totally supportive of medications. You know, if you need to take oh, yeah. them, that's, that's yeah. really great. You know, cross right. multimodal or mo, whatever that word is. Modality. Getting, yeah. Getting, yep. getting what you need, whether it's medication, alternative practices, whatnot. And um, I worked briefly with the army and air force and they did, um, I was like an outsider, you know, contractor. And we did, um, they didn't call it meditation, but it was like, 
resiliency training and like mm-hmm. used a lot of buzzwords. It wasn't actually talking about what we were doing, but right. I feel like now there's been a shift to where now it's like more acceptable to talk about meditation as its actual language or term. Do you feel like there's something like that going on as well? Or am I totally? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, 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 absolutely. You're spot on. And I'm, and I'm thankful that there is that shift Yeah. Um, because it, it needs to happen because I was a skeptic myself mm-hmm. as, as uh, I was introduced to the practices i pushed back against the counselor who recommended because i thought i was this big bad hairy scary navy seal (laughs) i don't know if i was ever ever really big bad hairy scary but (laughs) in my mind i pictured myself as that Um, Mm -hmm. but anyway uh so when he presented what i kind of perceived as woo-woo practices I, I thought, you know what, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do this. But then he presented it. He changed his, he changed his framing of mm-hmm. mindfulness and meditation. And he said, look at this list of very high-performing individuals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, showed me like 10 or 15 people. And he's like, guess what these all have, guess what they all have in common. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know where he was going with it, but yeah, it, hey, I, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So it offered that street cred. Mm-hmm. And once I, once I saw that, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm always looking for an edge, a performance enhancing edge. Yeah. Um, and, and if mindfulness and meditation can do that, then I'll try it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my original intent was not to really help the depression and the anxiety. I thought, okay, well, yeah, if that comes, then that's great. But really what I want to do is perform better. Yeah. And I did. I performed better. And then on top of it, (laughs) I started feeling better. I started being more like aware of what was going on around me and not just at work, but in life Mm -hmm. as a whole. I was seeing the good things in life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I felt, you know what, this this is such a an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's, it's easy. Uh, and it really, the difficult part is scheduling it and getting it worked yeah. into your life and then getting through the first few weeks. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe two months even of practice. And then, and then you start to see the difference. It's much like going to the gym, right? You go to the gym one time mm-hmm. and, and you're like, okay, that felt good work. in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. That felt good in the moment, but how come I'm, I'm not looking all lean and great. Yeah. Uh, and even, even in the moment, like the first time you're doing curls in the mirror you're like all right i'm making some progress and then you walk out of the gym and then your arms kind of shrink right it's kind of the same thing with with meditation is that you do get an immediate sense of relief but then as soon as you're introduced to a stressful situation again then you kind of go out of that yeah but the long-term effects just like the long-term effects of the gym, they come in and they stay with you mm-hmm. as long as you're continuing to, to practice over about two months. That's yeah. when I started to see those, those practices. So yeah, there's definitely been a, a shift and I'm so glad to see it. And, uh, and hopefully I can be a part of continuing to push that shift and change that mindset around these practices because they are so important and they're, they're yeah. life-changing. hundred percent. And when you were doing your initial training, is it, is it the same amount of meditation that you do now? Do you do more or less or? Yeah. Well, I, I have a routine that is somewhat routine. <laughs> so I, I try to do 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes after lunch, cool. but I, I've also started experimenting with new, new meditation uh, apps mm-hmm. and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm doing an hour in the morning now, but that's uh, that's new. Mm-hmm. How I started was 
um, <laughs> I tried to jump into an hour long meditation day one. That yeah, was a huge mistake. Not well. It <laughs> no, didn't go well at all. Good. No. Uh, so I, <laughs> then I backed off and I started doing, you know, like five minute breathing practices, just some simple box breathing and, and realized that that could change how I felt about things, how, how I felt in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, um, and then I started, you know, gradually getting more in depth and into longer meditations. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I went through some meditation courses, some mindfulness based stress reduction courses that were mm-hmm. offered by the university of Massachusetts. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, some other ones that, that were offered by some, uh, some other institutions and organizations. Mm-hmm. And as I did that, my, that foundation was built and mm-hmm. gradually it got more and more. And that, then the, the practice of meditation itself, became uh, easier to me because a lot of the time you sit down for the first time to meditate and your mind wanders off and then you tell yourself, I can't meditate. I'm one of those people who has a, a mind that's too busy that goes all over the place. Well, everybody can meditate. It just takes time. Just yeah. like everybody can get into the gym. Yeah. Just like everybody who, who is physically able can, can run. Mm-hmm. It just takes some time to, um, to get those, legs under you or, or take some time to get those neural pathways developed in your brain yeah. to kind of calm your mind so that you can get further into that meditation, deeper into that meditation. And then you can do the longer meditations as well. Yeah. I believe that hundred percent. And I love that you mentioned you tried for an hour and you were like, no, this isn't working. Cause that's the same thing, right? With many people that go to the gym January 1st, they're like, I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. It's going to happen in 30 days. And then they get injured. And then they quit. <laughs> so right, it's, exactly. it's very similar to that. It's, you don't have to be all or nothing. It's like, start with a little bit and add a little bit more each day. So thank you for, for that authenticity. And I really feel sure. like that speaks to um, those that might be interested or have high stress positions where they need to, you know, be able to get their mind focused at certain times. Um, what are some, some tips, some strategies for keeping their minds in a positive space um, that you've learned or, you know, that you can share from your experiences? Well, I mean, the, the practice of meditation is that that's the first thing, and, you know, and setting yourself up so that you can do it set yourself up for success so that you can do it regularly. So, you know, if that is in the morning, if it's after lunch or if it's, you know, before you go to bed, Mm -hmm. I personally like to do it in the morning because it gets my mind right before I go into the day. Yeah, me too. So the meditation is definitely a piece of it, but then the mindfulness that's, so meditation is a practice. Mindfulness is a way of being mindfulness is, is being present being in the here and now, paying attention to what is happening, intentionally paying attention to what is happening right here, right now, mm-hmm. without judgment, yeah. paying attention to what it is you're experiencing physically, what it is you're experiencing emotionally, spiritually. So that's mindfulness. And that way of being can be reinforced by the meditation practice. And so they, they complement one another. Mm-hmm. And as you're going through your day and you're, you're starting to get stressed out. If you just bring your attention to the here and now, and you realize, you know what, I'm stressed because I'm thinking about the future, something that's going to happen in the future, something that I need to do in the future, something that I'm behind on that I need to catch up on in order to meet this deadline. Mm -hmm. Or you're traveling back in time. You start thinking about something that you screwed up yesterday, something Mm -hmm. that could have been better, better, could have been better, should have been better. Yeah. And, and then you start getting depressed. So that's the stress and anxiety kind of battle that you have going on. Mm-hmm. 
um, and, and depression as well. Um, so that uh, what I recommend is bringing yourself into the here and now, living mindfully. And then, uh, and then if you need to implement some mindfulness practices, that's, that's the, when I say mindfulness practice, it's kind of the, the overlap between the meditation and the mindfulness. That's where you intentionally stop, take some time, bring yourself into the here and now, and then potentially even take some very quiet time, close your eyes, mm -hmm. take some time, focus on your breathing, bring your attention to the physical sensations that are involved with living. Mm -hmm. And, and by doing that, you tune out all that other noise. Mm -hmm. So you tune out the noise of the future, you tune out the noise of the past. Sure, those that's going to come back in, but then you can get refocused in, in a mindfulness uh, exercise. And, uh, and that is going to help to, to really bring those stress levels down. So a simple one is just breathing box breathing. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's called box breathing because if you can kind of imagine what a box looks like, it's got four sides, right? So breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, and you do that four times. Mm -hmm. That's that's gonna that's really gonna tap into the vagus nerve. Vagus nerve activates the parasympathetic nervous system. Parasympathetic nervous system brings your heart rate down, brings your respiratory rate down, brings your blood pressure down. I mean, that's why a lot of the time when you go and get your, your vitals checked at the doctor, they're like, okay, yeah, your blood pressure is a little high. Just sit here for two more minutes and just breathe, just relax. Mm -hmm. And then they take it later and your blood pressure is down. That's because your parasympathetic nervous system has been activated. Mm -hmm. And that's the opposite of the sympathetic, which is the fight, flight, or freeze nervous yeah. system, which is why so many of us feel so stressed out all the time, because little things are perceived as threats. So our body is, is, is in this constant fight or flight or freeze state, and we're wearing ourselves out, kind of like a race car that's mm -hmm. always in the red. Eventually, we're going to break down. So I recommend just setting yourself up for success by practicing meditation, living mindfully, and then just breathing, mm -hmm. taking those breathing breaks every once in a while. Yeah, those are excellent tips. I remember just teaching like fitness back in the day and so many of the like, just, just breathe, just, just relax and breathe. You got to breathe through your right. repetitions and you're good to go. So great tips. Um, no, as far as our, our second pillar of happy is about building strong communities. Uh, we know that that's a huge factor in our happiness. And on the other end, you know, if we're not connecting with people, it could really affect our, our level of depression and mental health. Um, what sure. are some... What are some tips, strategies you've learned either from your military experience or through meditation groups or whatnot? How have you connected with other um, other men, other women uh, mm -hmm. to really help with with your social health? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a that's a great question right now. Right. In the pandemic, we had yeah. a lot of uh, networks that faltered because they were reliant on in-person communication. Um, and then the flip side of things is that in society as a whole, we've gotten more connected digitally, mm -hmm. uh, even prior to the, the pandemic, um, we were more connected digitally, but less connected as a whole, like real depth, right? So mm -hmm. one, one thing that is very easy in the military is you have a network that's kind of automatically in place. You move from one place to another and you get automatically put into a new unit and you're connected with that unit, right? So you have people to hang out with, people to have barbecues with, people to you know go to church with, you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as what I what I do recommend is that 
in, in this day and age, you have to be very intentional about setting up a support network, setting up um, uh, a social network. And when I say social network, I'm not talking Facebook, I'm talking about yeah. in person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, reaching out to uh, organizations that you can be a part of, that you could volunteer within, um, that you can attend churches, uh, you know, and this is, I'm not talking about religion here. I'm just talking about the, the fellowship that exists in, in an organization like a church, right? So if you, if you feel so inclined, go to a church. If you, if church isn't your thing, volunteer with a nonprofit. Uh, there's tons of them that are out there. Um, or there's, there's activities, activity groups that are online that end up getting together to go hiking or biking or whatever, but having something that is a social outlet that one, it's fun, but two, they're also there to support you when you need them. And then three, you can support them when they need it. And that giving back often, sure, there's an altruistic part in it. Hey, you want to give back Mm -hmm. uh, for nothing in return, but that there is quite often uh, kind of a byproduct of giving back with no intent of getting anything in return. You do get something in return by giving back. You feel a sense of purpose. You feel a sense of giving to others. And that's, that's helpful. So I think, uh, I think that's what I would recommend is being very intentional about setting up something. Mm-hmm. You can't just fall into place and, and assume that this network's going to come to you, reach out, meet new people, and uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. So true. Great tips. Uh, third pillar, all about movement. Uh, it started from a place where I created a program in a psych hospital. We had zero budget, like $100 to split between 15 staff. So uh, with that in <laughs> mind, <laughs> what are some of your favorite ways? I know you mentioned running as a younger um, adult. Is that yeah. your favorite way to move your body or do you have something mm. new nowadays? No, uh, no, it is no longer my favorite way. I, I still, um, I still run, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I'm a lot heavier and older than I, <laughs> than I was. So it, it hurts a little bit more. So I like getting on the bike uh, mm-hmm. and getting out on a bike, uh, be that a road bike or a mountain bike. Uh-huh. And I love, love hiking, just getting out into nature, uh, both for, sure the physical aspect of it but also the the emotional and mental aspect of it that comes with seeing so much of uh what this world has to offer the the beauty that's there if it's you know the the beautiful changing of the leaves in the fall or the the new growth in the spring or just being out there listening to the sounds and seeing the water running through the mountains that kind of thing so uh, that I, I would say is probably my favorite is, is getting out and hiking and just seeing nature in its truest form. I love that. And that's very mindful too. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. As a matter of fact, right after this, I'm going to be talking uh, to a group about uh, getting outdoors more often so that you can be more, more mindful and, and detaching from these things more yes. often. Yes. I love it. That's awesome. 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 Well, I always love to close out the show with, you know, random question. I actually pulled some questions from the audience. Um, So here's one from uh, one of our guests from Facebook. Charles Phillips asks, how accurate are TV and movie portrayals of what you did as a Navy SEAL and what you, I think he meant what you were capable of. Mm. So how accurate was that? 
Well, I don't want to ruin the myths and, and beliefs that are out there. <laughs> so 100 percent. It's all true. All true. Uh, now, you know, I, I funny enough, I went home a couple of weeks ago and, and my sister asked me a similar question. She's known me, you know, my whole life. Right. And she's known me my whole military career mm-hmm. and never really asked me about that. Mm-hmm. And we uh, we sat down and watched um, I think it's called Navy SEALs or maybe SEAL Team. It's some it's some TV show based on Navy SEALs. OK. And uh, I was actually surprised uh, that how accurate it was um, in in the the way the guys like uh, some movies portray Navy SEALs as just invincible. This show didn't didn't do that. It, it showed them as human beings. I mean, they're they're a bunch of tough guys, and that's true, right? And there, there's definitely the tough mentality. They're tough physically um, and and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you get them off the battlefield, they're human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that, you know, depending on the movie, depending on the show, there's, there's inaccuracies and accuracies. But um, funny thing is, is that most of the time when people meet real SEALs, mm-hmm. they're surprised at, um, I guess, their, their, their way of being. There's a, there's a confidence um, but normally not so much of an arrogance. Sometimes in the movies, the, the Navy SEALs are a little bit arrogant, a little bit cocky. Uh, I think there's a confidence there, but not, not so much the cockiness or arrogance. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, again, it depends on the movie that you're watching, but yeah. we're not invincible. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again yeah. so much. Um, I'd love to ask you to close out the show with any words of wisdom or inspiration for our listeners. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I'm I'm working on a couple of keynote speeches, and and one of them is talking about leadership and what a good leader is is made up of. And and I, I would say that a good leader has four traits that every good leader has in common. And I would say that's preparedness, resilience, grit, and compassion. Mm-hmm. And if you are a leader and you are lacking in any of those or are looking for ways to improve mm-hmm. uh, i think read books on those watch movies on them watch ted talks on them yeah but those those are the four things that i think you need to have mm-hmm. and continually maintain and cultivate as a good leader so that's what uh, i guess what i would leave you with for the day as I love far that. as <laughs> wisdom yeah <laughs> i love that and if people want to connect with you what's the best way they mm-hmm. can do that uh, right now, I'm, I'm working on my website, but I have a, a rebranded uh, link tree, and mm-hmm. that's just uh, johnmccaskill.com. So J-O-N mm-hmm. McCaskill is M-A-C-A-S-K-I-L-L, johnmccaskill.com forward slash links. So if you just go to johnmccaskill.com, it won't show up because that's that's in uh, under construction, but okay. johnmccaskill.com forward slash links. That has all the different things that I'm working on. It has my email and it has my social media handles. Awesome. And who are the kinds of people you want to most work with? If you can mm. pick your dream clients. <laughs> My dream clients. Uh, really anyone in, in need of, of really uh, identifying a new way of living, uh, a new purpose, or are struggling in finding fulfillment. I don't want to categorize that in, in any particular industry or mm-hmm. Um, any type of specific job. I would just say anyone who is looking to 
find fulfillment, then, uh, then I can, I can help to at least point you in the right direction. I may not get you there myself, but I can point yeah. you in the right direction. Love that. Awesome. Well, thank you again, John. This has been super My fun. Pleasure. All right. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap folks. Thank you so much for listening to the move happy movement podcast. I hope you learned something today. I hope that we added value to you. It would mean the world to me if we did teach you a little something, if you wouldn't mind sharing it with someone that you care about and maybe post a couple sentences on social media, take a screenshot of a certain part of the episode that really stood out to you. And you can go ahead and tag us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, the little at sign, the real move happy. You can tag us on Twitter at Move Happy Team, on Snapchat at The Move Happy. LinkedIn, you can tag me, Erin Nicole, CEO and founder of Move Happy. And I also have a business page that's purple and gray. Uh, you can tag us at Move Happy. We're also on Clubhouse, though, there's not a way to record on there yet, um, but feel free to share. If you know anyone that cares about positivity, mental health, support for those with depression specifically, um, and I do on Tuesday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. Central, I offer some prayer. Um, all faiths are welcome. All that I ask is that you bring one prayer request and one praise. And for those of you that are sharing consistently, sharing the Move Happy brand and helping us reach our goal really which is ultimately to empower the world especially those with depression to find their own happiness from within through mindset community fitness and music i'm offering a special listening room once we get to 10,000 downloads of this show you can access our live count for downloads at any time at themovehappy.podbean.com and where we're at as of 4 15 p.m thursday april 15th one second while i check And we are at 2506 downloads, so a little ways to go. Again, thank you so much. This is all organic reach through your word of mouth, spreading word. I don't pay for ads. We don't pay for bots. This is all authentic listens and downloads. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, If you are passionate about music and you want to hear some music sooner than later, I've got a new nonprofit in the last month here, actually about three weeks, called Erin Nicole Ministries. If you are a veteran, first responder, married to, family member of, or retired from the field, our next concert is April 29th online. It's 100% free for you unless you want to give some tips to our guest musicians. I don't take any money from you. Uh, My goal is to connect you with other like-minded professionals and to also entertain you. I love you all. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. See you next week.